We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I would appreciate that. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Also, the uh, the ratings and the reviews do go a long way towards helping the podcast, helping people find the podcast. It does, uh, does uh, help us out a lot, so we would appreciate that. I am Scott Jensen, joined as usual on Fridays by Andrew Laird. Andrew, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. This is a, a tricky week we're going to talk about. I feel like... It is. Um, our I, previous uh, I podcasts like it, have been not that I feel like roster construction is easy, but uh, this I don't know. This week felt a little harder than usual, mostly because I feel like there are multiple ways you can go, and I have yet to find one that I actually like. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was tough too. I mean, I I just kind of dug into the slate yesterday, and I felt like last week we were on a lot of good stuff. But like the only the only guy that really went crazy that we didn't like last week was uh, it was Aaron Rodgers. We just kind of didn't mention that much. Is you know with his receiving core. When we recorded, they, you know, it didn't, wasn't sure he was going to have any receivers at all. And then, uh, you know, Velda Scantling and Andrew and Allison ended up playing. He obviously went crazy against the Raiders. But I uh, feel like we were good last week, so hopefully we get there this week. But I agree with you on the slate. I think it's, uh, as I was going through, I found uh, not many quarterbacks and running backs I really liked, but a ton of receivers at, at all three levels, kind of high level, mid-level, and uh, and cheap guys that I really liked. I think tight end's interesting this week. I think defense is interesting this week, too, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, you know, that never happens. But uh, it's... Uh, 
it, it's one of those weeks where the, the the difference in prices on the on the on the uh, two sites was really interesting too. Uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, especially at tight end, yeah, especially at defense, there's like a huge disparity huge. between the top teams at DraftKings. Whereas FanDuel, like all the tight ends are pretty much the same price, so I think it really impacts where you play this week, where you go, at least at those two spots. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I did something this week uh, as part of my process that I don't usually do, and I pretty much just took. All of the price draft. I was doing it for DraftKings, but I had all the players down, and I was like, "I'm just going to go through." I have some stats and a spreadsheet that I use, uh, Ooh, and I went through just to uh, yeah research. Um, but I went through just kind of doing my best that way to narrow my player pool. Usually, I can just do it in my head, but it just right. felt like there were a lot of options this week. So I'm like, "Let me just go through and like really take out the guys that I know I'm not going to play, and here are all the guys that I'm going that I'm considering." And the list just felt so big. And so I was like, this this exercise didn't really help me at all. It just kind of like solidified <laughs> the fact that I wasn't really um, sold on many guys. I mean, there are a few guys who I think um, were are kind of easy plays. But the, if you go with those guys in your construction, usually in those situations, you're like, all right, if I'm going to play you know, McCaffrey and Barkley this week, then there's just kind of a, a path that you are forced to go down because of salary restraints. But I feel like this week that didn't necessarily happen, even in situations where if you wanted to play McCaffrey and Barkley, like there are still so many ways you can go. Like you said, there are just a ton of wide receivers we can play this week, a bunch of uh, tight ends. And so even the quarterbacks, like you can make a case for guys on different levels that um, when you look at lineups side by side that are just so different in construction and you're like, yeah, these could finish with the exact same score. So I was impressed with all your research, and you you went with the the the, the line that it didn't help anyway. That's uh, that's not what I was it, looking it, for. <laughs> yeah, it really didn't at all. I, I mean, not to say research doesn't help, but there are sometimes where right. like you know I went into this like okay, I'm do, going to do this extra process so this can help me, and it literally did not help me. <laughs> uh, so let's jump into the slate. Uh, kind of an interesting overall slate. Uh, we have uh, two teams on by this week. We have Dallas and Baltimore. So no Lamar Jackson, no Dak Prescott, no Zeke Elliott this week. Uh, we had Washington and Minnesota last night. We have Green Bay and Kansas City, a really fun, potentially a fun game, depending on uh, depending on who plays quarterback. Uh, there's there's some rumblings out of Kansas City that Patrick Mahomes looked good and was going to be uh, maybe play that. There's no chance that that's going to happen. I don't think. I can't imagine they would risk him. But a fun game there, and then a, a not fun game on Monday night, Miami at Pittsburgh, and uh, ESPN must be hating that one. Oof. It's funny you say that Mahomes looked good because the tweets that I've seen that have that are like he looks good. He was like doing a squat while stretching. And right. someone was like, well, you can't do that with a broken knee. And it's like, well, we know his knee's not broken. Like, yeah. we know it's not quite that. But they were like, there, there was no, like, football move involved. It was just yeah. kind of like, oh, he's walking. So he should be fine. Wow. Well, that, that that means he can escape the pocket with a 330-pound right. guy chasing him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We do have a, a few high totals this week. We have uh, two games on the slate that are over 50 on the over-under. We have uh, Seattle at, at Atlanta, but that one is kind of uh, off the board in Vegas, depending on yeah. if Matt Ryan plays or not. The over-under is 53 and a half, but that was kind of an opening line, um, so kind of hold off on that one because that will drop a bunch if uh, if Matt Schaub ends up playing instead of Matt Ryan. Uh, but Oakland at Houston, Houston's fair by five over under 51 and a half in that game. Uh, obviously that uh, people reacting to how bad the Oakland uh, defense is. Aaron Rodgers destroyed them last week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it feels accurate. 
Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I and I think you know Oakland can score a little bit, and uh, Deshaun Watson, Houston obviously score a little bit. I think that'll be a popular game, especially on the Houston side. Yeah. And then the the third highest game is kind of an interesting one. It's the Giants at Detroit. Uh, Detroit fair by six and a half, over under forty nine and a half. I think another indication of here, you know, the, the Giants' defense is not good, and Detroit uh, last week scored a lot. Marvin Jones with the four touchdown catches. Uh, so a lot of uh, feels like a, a couple of those games was a lot of reaction to last week. Yeah, this is the second or third week in a row that the Giants have had like a top three total. Yeah, um, and it's not because they're putting up a ton of points themselves. So <laughs> yeah. like, um, I feel like we were. When you look when the Cardinals, we were like, oh, there's the, you know, at least earlier in the season, although the this week's total is still pretty high, but like, like, oh, they're going to be a lot of plays and the defense is really bad. So we're going to want to target them. And we're starting to get to that with the Giants, less about the pace and more just like they cannot stop anybody. <laughs> Three, uh, three wide receivers in the history of the NFL have uh, four touchdown catches in more than one game. Uh, Sterling Sharp, the great Jerry Rice, and Marvin Jones. Wow. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Yeah, wild game. Kenny Galladay with two targets and just kind of did nothing over there. It was a, it was a wild game. It felt like, you know, at, at the point he had two, they're like, oh, well, let's get him three. And then, like, forcing him in the ball, let's get him four. It felt like uh, that fourth quarter was kind of a little uh, Marvin Joe's force. But Danny Amendola with over 100 yards, too. Yeah. It, was, it was a weird game, a weird game for the Lions with, with Galladay just kind of a non-factor. It's one of those games that reminds you that Matt Stafford is, like, a fantastic accumulator. Um, oh yeah, he's he he loves to accumulate. Like he's gonna go down uh, in the top ten easily in the top ten and possibly top five like career passing yards and like it, nobody thinks he's that good. So like it was just crazy yeah, it's to wild. See. Like I don't think there's ever been a time where he th- thought he was like a top five quarterback. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like his uh, Hall of Fame um, presentation is not not exactly littered with like playoff appearances. So it's uh, <laughs> uh, it's weird. It's a weird one. Uh, a couple of low totals this week before we get into some players. A lot of players to talk about this week. Uh, the, the Chargers at Chicago, uh, Bears fair by three and a half, over under only 41 there. Actually, a couple of guys in that game that, that I might actually like, but that obviously is an indication that the Bears defense is good and the Bears offense is really, really bad. Yeah. Um, the Jets, uh, sorry, we're not going to talk about them very much this week. I know that uh, Monday night hurt you at Jacksonville. Jacksonville fair by seven, over under a 41. Uh, hopefully, there'll be no Casper the Ghost settings in that game. Um. It was just such taken such out of context. I I, I wish it was like something it that so was that like everyone's like oh this is like the new butt fumble and it's like the butt fumble was like actually horrible and like <laughs> but like this thing uh, I think I saw you know there's obviously I follow a number of Jets apologists on Twitter to make myself feel better but um, that, that 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 helps the feed right there oh, yeah. There was some um, quote from Matt Ryan a few years ago about the, what the act that there is like a concept about seeing ghosts in, in football with having to do with quarterbacks. It basically like you're seeing, I mean, just like ghosts, you're seeing things that aren't there. And this is like a term that people use, which is why that is a term that Darnold used. And obviously he looks like an idiot now because of it. And everybody wants to laugh about it, but come on. <sighs> and it was like in the middle of a sentence. They just pulled out those two words. It was exactly. just, uh, it was one of those things. And you know, you know how Twitter works. The second he did it, it was everywhere. It's everywhere but, uh, yeah. I like Sam Darnold. I mean, I, I think that, you know, everybody has struggled facing the New England uh, defense this week. You know, Bill Belichick's probably the best defensive coach in the history of the hundred years of this league. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go ahead and kill a guy for a bad game against the Patriots because he's just one of many. It was so obvious. I like I was laughing at everybody who was like, the Jets are getting nine and a half. That's way You know, that's that's great. You, there's no way that that um, that they'll lose by less than by uh, more than that. And um What's weird is that for every year, this has nothing to do with the slate, but anyway, um, the, 
the Jets and Pats, it feels like at least, and I've seen every single Jets-Pats game for the last decade or so, two decades. Um, it feels like there's one that's really close and one that is a total blowout. And despite the Jets getting blown out in the first game, it felt closer than it was. Um, and like no Darnold was there. So like it felt um, like it was, they were, they were terrible. Um, but that was the close one. And so like you knew that, that this week was going to be a, a disaster and it was. Yeah, I thought they'd cover that spread, so I was uh, I was on the wrong side on that yeah. one too. No, nope. nine and a half, not nearly enough. So I'm going to make you feel a little bit better about the Jets. the The Bengals are zero and seven. Mm-hmm. They've played seven games. Do you know that they've been outrushed on the season by 951 <laughs> yards? <laughs> um, I sent you. That's, that's that's impossible. To the point that I saw the stat, went and looked it up, went to NFL.com, looked up their rushing and the opponent's rushing because I was like, "There's no way that's right through seven games." Uh, they're 128 for 372 opponents, 253 for 1323. That is insane. Um, it's impossible. There, there's two parts that go into that though. Uh, one is that Joe Mixon is awful and I've felt that way uh, for a long time and I've never awful. had to play him. So like, I'm perfectly fine with, with that. So like hey, the Bengals, four, not 40, 4,600 this week on DraftKings. Ugh. Um, <laughs> And obviously they've been behind, so they're not going to run the ball that much. And obviously right. when they're behind, the other teams are running. So there's part of that. But I sent you this uh, stat uh, uh, yes, earlier this week that the Bengals, if you, if you look at um, basically DVP, uh, they have given up a ton of points to quarterbacks this year. Uh, but they are not giving a lot, up a lot of points to wide receivers, and they're not giving up that many points to, to tight ends. And that just kind of, you know, makes you think like, wait a minute, why are they not like, how are they giving up all these points? Because most quarterbacks, if they do well, their wide receivers do well and their tight ends do well. And when you look at their schedule, you're like, okay, they've played Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, and I'll even throw Gardner Minshew in there because he had 48 yards rushing. And in (laughs) fact, they held Wilson to eight yards rushing. So like it could be significantly worse than it is. And so yep. you, like they happen to have played like these very good rushing quarterbacks. And the only thing they're missing is like peak Cam Newton. And so like that helps that stat out. But generally it's a stat that shows they're horrible. So what you're saying is Jared Goff, uh, 10 rushes for 85 yards this week? And two touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the slate, we're talking about some running backs. A note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a U.S. citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So, Andrew, looking at uh, running backs, I think it's it's pretty clear on uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel that there's a top two uh, in, in the top tier this week. We have Christian McCaffrey. We have Saquon Barkley. Uh, McCaffrey's 9,200 on DraftKings, 9,600 on FanDuel. Barkley, 8,900 and 8,600, respectively. So a pretty good drop on FanDuel. He's he's a 1,000 less on FanDuel. Yeah, 1,000 less, yeah. Yeah, and only 300 less on DraftKings. It's interesting this week because McCaffrey is obviously, you know, the kind of the game script proof guy. If, if they're winning, he runs. If they're down, he gets uh, he gets a lot of catches. But he's facing the 49ers this week, who have been fantastic on defense. Did I mention the Niners are 6 0 yet? <laughs> you haven't, but. Um, at, on the road. Uh, but, you know, the Niners aren't a team that, that's built to, you know, beat somebody to 40 to nothing. So you got to figure the game will be in a decent range. You know, their defense will be good, but the offense is not super explosive. 
Uh, Got to think a lot of quick passes to him. The 49ers have multiple sacks in every game this year. The, the Panthers have given up multiple sacks in every game this year, too. So there should be a lot of pressure on Kyle Allen. Got to think a lot of dump downs to McCaffrey makes him more appealing in DraftKings. But if you had to pick between McCaffrey and Barkley this week, do you have a strong lean? Uh, <clears throat> I I don't. I wrote this in my article uh, this week that uh, I it's very close. And you're basically playing the... Um, like the argument is, do I want the guy who I know will get all the usage, but has has a tough matchup? And I think part of that, you have to think about who, like how good the 49ers actually have been against running backs. Like, have they been good or have they just not played very good running backs? And so just looking at their schedule, Buccaneers, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Rams, and Redskins. And of that group, like Nick Chubb is good. Yep. And Todd Gurley is good when he plays a lot, but like we, we Todd Gurley two years ago was, was good. And, and, and didn't, and was inactive in the game, the game against the Niners. Right. Um, yep. and so we're left with, um, I don't uh, know if, James, uh, James, James Connor's good. Connor's good. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure if he played in that game or not. He did. He was 13 for 43. Yeah. And so then we're left with Bengals and Bucks who, um, are not exactly high rushing teams. Shout out to Joe Mixing Mixon again. Although um, although Ronald Jones was the best uh, best again. Exactly again. right right. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> um, so I think I hate to say like I don't think you can go wrong because the Lions have been horrible against the run, and so um, and and Barkley is going to get plenty of touches. He won't get as many as McCaffrey because almost nobody does. But uh, I ever so slightly lean towards Barkley and. But that's Friday morning, and I could totally see myself on Sunday going towards McCaffrey. I think the the real question you need to ask yourself is whether you want to play both of them or not. And it obviously takes up a lot of salary. We have some wide receiver values this week. We have some tight end values. Yep. Um, I mean, we, we mentioned it before. We think there are a ton of wide receivers out there. So I don't think it's nuts to play both of them in cash because you know what you're getting. Um, you're going to have to pay for that as well. Um, I I find that I will probably play one, and I think as of right now it's Barkley. But I, I hate to like go on on and on like this and be like play either one because I think they're both good. But I think they're both good. Yeah, and I I mean they obviously are both really good. And I, I just I see a game where McCaffrey's going to get you know. I could see him with eight catches and I don't know how many yards that'll go for, but you got to think they've they're they'll build a game plan to try and get Kyle Allen away from that pressure a little bit. The, the, the sack stats, you know, they obviously know that too. Uh, I probably lean a little more towards Barkley than you do. Um, just based on the fact that you, like you said, Detroit, you know, struggling against the run right now. Uh, Dalvin cook was nuts against them last week, 25 for 142. Jamal Williams, and Aaron Jones had 164 yards rushing on them the week before. So they're just not in a good place, uh, you know, stopping the run right now. Uh, I just, uh, it, it's a tough spot. I, I think that they're, like you said, they're both playable. I think I'd lean towards Barkley, but the, the, the both ones interesting. I'd have to, I'll have to, I'll have to build one with both and see kind of how, how cheap you have to go at receiver and we you know what kind of quarterback you can get into as we, and we'll get, and we'll get to quarterbacks. There's kind of a clear top two tier there too. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who you like a quarterback that might be a little cheaper to save you some money. But I, I mean, they're both, they're both studs. I think, I don't think that's a problem to say that I, I'd lean Barkley if I play one, but uh, I wouldn't argue either way. Yeah, the uh, somebody it was uh, trying to look up his handle here, Matt S eighty four, who's in the oh. Discord chat, um, brought up that like 
Uh, if you're ever going to fade McCaffrey, this is probably one of the situations. But that doesn't mean you fade McCaffrey. And so, it's and, like, and, and but it, and I flip back the other way. Like, if everybody thinks that way, like, if you can get Christian McCaffrey at a lower percentage than normal, and suddenly he's like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Right, 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 right. Um, I, I, probably, I mean, probably his lowest percentage of the season this week, right? Um, I mean, you would think so. You would think I just, so. I think people will see at San Francisco and be like, ah, I'm not paying up for that. Uh, the red two on a second on DraftKings showing the, the opponent rank certainly um, should p- push <laughs> yeah, people the other way. And it. obviously when you have somebody like Barkley who is similar in price that has such a great matchup himself like that, that allows people to not play McCaffrey. But um, I was trying to think of like what situations where you would you go in and be like, there's no way I'm playing McCaffrey. And I don't think there is one. I think like at New England is probably when you're like, all right, I'll look elsewhere. Right. But at San Francisco is seems to be the next spot where you're like, maybe I won't play him. But again, that doesn't mean you have to not play him. And as you mentioned at the top, I don't think there's a ton of running back options this week. So that's going to help his percentage go up a little bit. But I think you're getting, you get him uh, under 20%, at least in tournaments, which yeah. is, you know, a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good, pretty good uh, percentage for someone that's, you know, probably the, the best, uh, the best skill player in the game at the moment. Yeah. I think there are, <clears throat> I actually think there are more running back options than than you're letting on or that nice. you think. Um, I was going to say, letting on sounds like I'm being deceitful. Right, right yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I think, not that there are like 10, but I think there are probably five or six in cash games that you can consider. And that's not even considering McCaffrey and Barkley together. But um, the problem is, is that the guys that you would immediately turn to, like don't have great opportunities. Like if Alvin Kamara plays... Yeah, like home against the the Cardinals at seventy six hundred is fantastic opportunity, um, but like he's banged up. Um, we have these like reports that he like caught a pass from Drew Brees in practice, and it's like, well, how much does that really tell us? But what do you think? Like, if Kamara plays, where do you put him? I mean, if if he's playing and he's getting full carries, then suddenly it's super interesting. But I just don't. I, my concern is that they have a bye week next week, so I don't think they really want to push him. I mean, it's got to be appealing to them with their record playing so well to be like, yeah, you know, let's just wait two weeks and get him fully healthy for week 10 when they face the Falcons. But I, if he plays and he's, he's out there, I, I mean, it's really interesting, but I just think that he's going to split carries. I just don't think the volume is going to be there even if he does play. And if he does play, I think it kills both him and Latavius' you know, yeah, volume. And I just – I think I'm going to probably stay away from both if he plays, and I'll, I, I'll consider Latavius if, uh, if Kamara's inactive. I think – Latavius is easy if Kamara doesn't play. Yeah. Um, but on the other side, like if Kamara plays and is fully healthy, like let's say this, and it obviously doesn't play, but like let's say this is week 10 now and we know he's been off. Hasn't Murray's production been good enough where we can't think Kamara will ever get a full workload? And I, I, the Saints have proven that they are their team that will do that. I mean, Ingram, right, uh, right. you know, I don't think Latavius Murray is as good as Mark Ingram, but it's it's not a huge step down. I just think that they want to use Kamara uh, in a dynamic way where, you know, they don't overwork him. They get him in space. And that's kind of always been their plan. I think we saw that, uh, you know, change a little bit the start of this year. But I think now with Murray playing well, Murray was really good last week. And he, yeah. he touched the ball 32 times. I, uh, I'm not playing Kamara at the price if he plays. And I need to see a little more volume probably before I play with it. I think he, he becomes kind of a kind of a tournament explosive guy for me until I see, you know, really carrying the ball like a bell cow. It's hard to play him in cash, you know, kind of leaning on the fact that he's got to score a touchdown with his limited touches. Right. 
Right, right. So if we throw him out, I mean, I'm skipping one guy uh, on purpose, but the next guy okay. I want to talk about literally plays the worst run defense in the NFL. And yet, I assume that's I assume that's Todd Gurley. And yet, I have no interest in playing Todd Gurley. Uh, I think Todd Gurley is a is is probably the most interesting running back this week because I think he's going to be fairly popular just going against the Cincinnati. But you know, he's only we only played what forty six snaps last week, but had nineteen touches, but he was eighteen for forty one. But he's done very little outside of week one. If you if he, the touchdowns have been great, like he scored touchdowns, but. In terms of like yardage and really being good and looking great out there, he's not done anything since week one except for the score of touchdowns. You're just, he's so touchdown reliant right now that it, you know if it works out and they get the ball at the three yard line, great. But it's hard to see him really racking up uh, you know twenty six for one twenty five, and you know he's seventy four hundred on both sides. Uh, they gave up a lot of yards to Fournette last week. Their defense is not good. I just I, I'm with you. I kind of have a I have trouble really trusting it. If they get ahead, are they really going to lean on him or just kind of let uh, let uh, Jarrell Henderson uh, do some work? And, but even if he he stayed in the 15 to 20 carry range, it would be different if he was getting like eight and nine targets, like if he was getting McCaffrey targets. But he's not like one last week. I mean, he obviously had these two good games. That Tampa Bay game was absurd. He targeted 11 times. I think but, you kind of just throw that game out, though. I mean, golf exactly. the ball 70, 75 times that game. Exactly. And so now we're, yeah. we're left with three games with one target each and then nine targets in two other games. But it's like... If there's the, the total lack of consistency there makes it f- like it, it's a bummer that we're now going in with it, like we have this perfect matchup. This is what you want. You want the running back at home against the Bengals. And we're just like, eh, no, thanks. Yeah. I mean, the, the upside's massive. I mean, if he gets a ton of work and breaks a couple, I mean, there's a chance for him to have a really, really big game. But I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of paths where he is, you know, 12 for 75 and a touchdown. You're like, all right, well, uh, I don't that's fine, but uh, not really excited at the price. Right. Right. I think. Leonard Fournette's the easiest play at running back on the slate. Easiest play on the slate. Wow. Yeah. And running back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So 7,800 on drafting, 7,700 on Fandle. He's actually cheaper on Fandle, which yeah. you don't see very often. Uh, just massive volume. In the last four weeks, 31 carries or 31 touches, 27 touches, 26 touches, 31 touches. I mean, just he he's kind of like, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but just not as good. But the volume is there. Weirdly still has one touchdown, which that's is, the, that's, the, I mean, the craziest it, stat maybe everywhere. It's, but. it's really amazing. Um, I um, wrote in my article too, like not only because we, we think of Fournette, you're like, oh, he's getting all this volume, but he, and he's, he's not very good at running the ball. But um, on this slate, there are four running backs who have gotten more targets than Fournette. It's Eckler, James White, McCaffrey, and Tariq Cohen. And like, th- like for a guy that we think is just like this plotter, he's basically like a. He, I feel like we're starting to get a point where like he's basically. Um, now I've completely lost who I was. Jerome Bettis. Like he's ah. just this guy who's just like plugging along, but he's like accumulating all these yards. Uh, but he's actually like catches, he gets a decent number of targets. He's catching passes and the total lack of touchdowns, which like should be looked at as a negative, but it's a positive for us because he should be like 8,800 in this matchup, like 7,800 home against the Jets um, should be one that everybody should be jumping at. No. Uh, Jets only only one running back over seventy yards all year. That was Ezekiel Elliott in Week Six. They're garbage, Scott. <laughs> yeah, Sony Michelle scored three times last week, but you know right. didn't really do a ton on the ground. Just kind of it was in the nice uh, nice goal line spots. Yep. Um, I like Fournette this week. I don't like him quite as much as you do. <laughs> I think the Jets uh, run D is better than you're giving them credit for. I think their pass D. Uh, I think that uh, that will be a problem, but. 
Uh, I mean, the volume's just so good that it's hard. It's hard not to not to slot him at seventy nine hundred. You probably like him a little more than I do, but I do like him. And I think he's super playable. Yeah, I, I mean, given that, I mean, a full two thousand less than McCaffrey, or almost two of nineteen hundred less than McCaffrey on Fanduel, seems like a giant uh, gap. I mean, obviously, the it uh, is. it's huge on Fanduel. It's huge, yeah. right? And so, I mean, I guess part of that is more McCaffrey is just so much more expensive, but. Um, I mean, the the volume is there. Uh, the uh, Jacksonville's favored, so the ex- expectation is that his high volume will stay high. And when you're when I'm looking at the other guys in this range, Kamara, Gurley, and we go if we even go down a little bit, uh, Le'Veon Bell against this Jacksonville defense, I think is fine. But like Bell has gotten the volume without the production, as opposed like he's not accumulating anything. <laughs> Um, and then you have what, three, three point two yards of carries oh, not firing gosh. you up it, up to three point two. Um, <laughs> and then like Nick Chubb against the Pats, you don't want to play that. And then at, you know, you're at a, a different price break at that point. I guess Chris Carson is the one that I wanted to bring up in this range that I think is the one that you could theoretically, um, put with that group that isn't, you know, um, Edmonds or Mac or Henry in that group. Yeah, I mean, I I agree on Carson. I know that you uh you kind of go back and forth on Carson sometimes, but you talk about volume with Fournette. I mean, you look at Chris Carson's volume: 26, 28, 28, and twenty four touches last four week. He has moved it. I mean, we talked. We worked about Rashard Penny, CJ Procise in the in the preseason. It has been all Chris Carson, especially last four weeks. Um, and he's he's a little. Uh, he should be heavy work whether Matt Ryan plays or not, which is which is helpful. Uh, you know the the they they shut down Gurley last week and and uh, and David Johnson a couple weeks ago, but I don't worry too much about the Atlanta defense. I think they're right. much worse against the pass and the run. But uh, Chris Carson's very much in playing a game that the Seahawks should be winning in the second half, especially if Matt Ryan doesn't play. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it, it, he makes total sense. <clears throat> and I mean, we'll get to the Seattle passing game in a little bit, but Carson. Well, I mean, they they've had big games. Like Wilson has had good games. And Carson has had games, good games in the same time. So I don't. I mean, Atlanta's defense is just so bad that uh, Carson has to be in play. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned Chase Edmonds. He's uh, he's been priced up on DraftKings up to sixty two hundred. Still uh, still pretty cheap. Sixty one hundred on Fanduel. Uh, looked explosive last week. I mean, yeah. passed every eye test you could ever imagine. He now has the same amount of twenty yard touchdown runs in one week that D- than David Johnson has his entire career. <laughs> That's wild. That's they wild. both have three. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I, you have to blame some of that on the giants though. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, you, you looked at some of the tackling on some of those plays. Like there was one play, I forget who it was, but the cornerback came up and like was right there for the tackle and just kind of like stopped and went off to the side and enemies ran right by him. It was a weird play. You're just like, have the giants defense just not really want to be out there. Yeah. It seems like a little Olay defense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the saints have been really good against the run is the, the thing that makes me hesitate on here. Like, yeah, that for, defense is really good overall. That's a, that's a good score. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, like, I think everyone's like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater has been so great since Breeze yeah. has been uh, yeah. out. But, like, the defense is really what's defense. helping them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just don't see a reason to play him at 6,200 when I have Carson a little bit more. And the guys behind him, like, I think you can get away with Marlon Mack. Um, Derrick Henry doesn't have a, a, a great matchup against Tampa Bay, but it's, I mean, I, I don't think it's horrible. Uh, and then you hey, kind of get in. Only, only one running back over 50 yards yeah. in Tampa Bay all year. Well, it's just because it's so easy to pass against them that nobody exactly. needs to, to do anything else. So, I like I like the Mac call, though. I think that's an interesting one this week that nobody's really talking about. Uh, well-priced at DraftKings and a game that should be a nice game script, too, home against Denver. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think he's, he's 
easily going to be overlooked um, because of the upper tier guys that we were talking about. And I mean, if everybody will be on Latavius Murray if Kamara doesn't play. Um, yep. So meaning in this price range, if you're going to look there, you might as well look at Mac. And then is it possible that we can still play Eckler because of all these targets? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's so good, so explosive, but I just, I, there's just to be so many games where he, I mean, pretty much has to score in the passing game, but the targets are big. Melvin Gordon obviously looked bad last week, fumbled at the, at the goal line to end the game. Couldn't get in from the one twice. Um, I think they are a significantly better team with Eckler on the field over Gordon. For sure. For sure. But, they, and but unfortunately, they got to force it. But for fantasy, they, uh, they clearly, they clearly go to Gordon. They clearly still trust Gordon. I just, uh, I don't know how long that lasts, but I mean, Eckler's so good. You know, eight targets last week, seven for 118. But then you look at the week before, and he played 28 snaps, had five carries and three catches. You're like, that does not work. That so just, work, uh, yeah. I think it's really hard to count on it. But I think he's, I think he's kind of a, a GPP tournament guy only for me because I think when he when he blows up, he's really good. But there are going to be weeks where he just doesn't get enough touches. Yeah, no, that's that's reasonable. Um, I think what, you have to. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you have to go much further down the list before you can get to another guy worth considering. Like, I think we were talking about how, like, I was saying there were a bunch of running backs that I wanted. Like, I think Sonny Michelle and James White are both perfectly fine for cash games because they're so cheap. Um, they are really cheap. This really week. cheap. And yeah. you don't get stuck with Ty Johnson, who feels like the, like the trappiest play I've ever seen in my entire life. He uh, he kind of does, especially, but it's the Giants. We just talked about how the G- yeah. they're playing Ole defense, and Chase Edmonds flat out murdered them last week. Uh, he was 10 for 29 last week after Karen Johnson got hurt uh, against Minnesota. It was a really good defense. I uh, I don't know. 4,900 DraftKings, 5,200 on Fandle. He's really interesting in Fandle. I mean, you look at uh, DraftKings, he's 300 less than Michelle and 200 less than White. But on Fandle, he's 800 less than, than, than White and 1,300 less than Michelle. So I think he becomes really interesting on Fandle. 5,200 on Fandle is a price that you cannot find very often. That's, uh, you know, that's 900 less than Hyde. That's 1,000 less than Murray. That's 1,600 less than Mac. Um, it just, I think Fandle, he's a lot more interesting, and he's going to get some carries. We don't know how the carries are split between him and J.D. McKissick, but uh, it should be a matchup play. I mean, he's, uh, he's going placing the Giants, so I, I'm better on him on Fandle than I'm on DraftKings. Yeah, I think McKissick is the problem. Or anybody like the yeah the, the especially total... with especially with a full point PPR because McKissick will be the the third down pass catching guy right right and so when you're in this range at least on DraftKings like I I just don't see a a, a probable a like the fact that he will probabilistically probabilistically jeez I can't even say it I like um, it outscore White or Michelle on a regular basis and I think that also applies to like Carlos Hyde or um. I'm not actually going to put Joe Mix in there, but I'm looking. Don't do but, it. Um, but I think there's just so, for cash games at least, like Johnson obviously opens up a lot because he's cheap. But um, but you're possibly getting production, like you're getting production for the price. Like I don't think he's necessarily underpriced. He's underpriced if we know he's getting all the all of the touches or even seventy five percent of them. But we have no idea, and so to put yourself in that situation. Um, based on that salary, it's like, why don't you at least go to White or Michelle, who you know are going to get White, you know, you're going to get six or seven uh, targets, and Michelle will probably get all the, get these garbage um, one yard <laughs> touchdowns in a game New England's heavily favored in. So I don't know. Johnson just feels like, like, I almost feel like Johnson should be totally ignored. Like, if you're playing in GPPs, play McKessick. 
Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's just tough on Fandle. It could just he's just so much cheaper. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree with you on DraftKings. But what do you do between Michelle and White? I mean, Sony Michelle is uh, you know the yards per carry are not good, but he does you know he had three touchdowns last week. He he seems to be the goal line guy. Sometimes they go sneak. Sometimes they go Brandon Bolden. But he's pretty much the goal line guy. And then you have James White, nice floor in PPR, but the upside hasn't really been there. He hasn't really gone off. But, yeah, you could. Uh, he's always obviously always there. But they spread the ball around so much. I just. I don't know how I pick between these guys. The Patriots running backs are so frustrating. And, you know, the Michelle week, you play him, you get, you know, 13 for 38 and no touchdowns. And then, you know, White uh, doesn't get a lot of carries, doesn't get a lot of red zone work. It's just uh, I have trouble picking between them when I do. The infuriating part um, was in Monday's game. I um, Did I captain White? I might have captained White. He had a touchdown, like a, a rushing touchdown from in close called back yeah, for some garbage block in the back from Julian Edelman. And like that totally flips the script because yep. that's one of Michelle. Michelle eventually came in and I think it took him three times to get in, but um, <laughs> like Michelle now gets that touchdown and takes away from white. So like if white is possibly getting these opportunities and not to say he's getting them like instead of Michelle, but like if he happens to get one or two um, plus these eight or nine targets that he's getting, like, I think we can't underestimate like if you saw a wide receiver for the Patriots at 5,100 getting uh, 10, 9, 9, and 8 targets, you would have to consider him, right? Uh, I think you'd I think it'd be a slam dunk slot of in play. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, that's why I think like that, he's always that, a possibility. Those target numbers are wild. The 10, 9, 9, 8. I, yeah. I, mean, I knew he'd been good, but I didn't know he'd been quite that consistent on the targets. Yeah, and Edelman's been around the whole time. Like Usually people are like, well, if Edelman's out, then it's really a big James. Right. But like, they both get open all the time. And Mohamed Sanu, we'll talk about in a little bit. Like he's there too, and but like White is always there. He's always going to get the targets, and you don't have to worry about Michelle's thirteen for thirty nine when White could have eight catches for thirty nine, and that's significantly more valuable. So before we jump into the passing games, uh, you mentioned Joe Mixon forty six hundred on DraftKings. My favorite stat last week: Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard had sixteen carries last week for two yards. <laughs> Impossible, right? Uh, that 16 for, or no, sorry, 14, 14 for two. That is, I don't think I've ever seen anything that bad. Unless you're in college where like sacks count against the quarterback and rush yards. 14 for two is impossible in the NFL. That is, oh man. You're right. It makes me feel better as a Jets That's like Kirk Cousins running a sneak level of bad right there. Right. Right. Yeah. Terrible play last night, by the way. Well, it's not like they have a big time running back that can get those. Oh, Yeah. When you, you're gonna, if you're going to go for it in fourth inches from your own 35, maybe use the guy that uh, is your best player. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So before we get to the passing games, a note from our sponsor, World Fantasy Sports. Already knocked out of your survivor pool? Did you end up losing early in the season, feeling like your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there was some alternative where you can use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses? Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first-of-its-kind first type game, stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of a survivor pool that players are familiar with and adds a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you use your fancy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. You achieve that stat line, you advance. Fail to and you get eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's just that simple. Sign up and play today at worldfantasypools.com. 
So, Andrew, quarterbacks and, and running backs uh, kind of have a nice uh, nice uh, combo this week. We've got, uh, you know, two of that top-tier running back. We have two of the top-tier quarterback, I think. I think that uh, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are the highest priced, and I think they're pretty clear of a, a top two this week. Yeah, totally agree. Um, they're not separated salary-wise that much. Um, so it's not like you have to sacrifice a ton to get them. I mean, you'll probably – I'll say that, and then you'll go um, – You'll go and you're like, boy, I really need that extra 200 on DraftKings or 400 on FanDuel. But, um, I mean, and and Andrew and Andrew promised me 80 yards rushing from Jared Goff, so I can save 300 right there and be good. That's yeah, (laughs) and and three touchdowns. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, looking at at the possibility of uh, saving 600 dollars by going from Deshaun Watson to Josh Allen seems insane to me. And so um, I think you're absolutely right. I played Wilson. Was that last week or the week before where he wasn't really that yeah, good? Yeah, last week, I think, um, yeah. Last week. But again, like this week makes total sense. Um, I think the one of the things working against Wilson in terms of me taking Wilson is that I like Carson and I don't want to play both of them even though they could both be fantastic against Atlanta. Um, but I think it's easier, um, and we'll get to the pass catcher specifically, but like Watson, that game is perfect to stack. Um, so perfect that you probably don't want to do it because so many people will be doing it. Um, But Watson, I don't think you can argue um, strongly that somebody has a higher upside than Watson. Yeah, I mean, the, and the, Raider, the Raiders passed these bad, as we saw last week with Aaron Rodgers, and they just don't get any pressure. They have the lowest exactly. pressure rate in the NFL. Uh, Deshaun Watson has been over 280 yards passing his last three weeks. He's also run for 30-plus yards in all three of those weeks also. Uh, you know, the Raiders versus decent quarterbacks, they played some bad ones, but Aaron Rodgers had five touchdowns. J- Jacoby Brissett had three, and Patrick Mahomes had four. So anybody that they face that's remotely decent at quarterback has just destroyed them. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I, Watson's my number one. Uh, Wilson's – the interesting part about Wilson is – I think that Matt Ryan would have to play for me to want to use him because I think I'm going to want that shootout aspect because the, the Seahawks will take the air out of the ball in the second half they're leading. Yeah, with Carson. Yeah. Yeah, with, no, exactly. I think that's a good observation. Yeah. I mean, and the Falcons have a, a, obviously a terrible defense. They've allowed 13 passing to these the last four weeks, which is a really, really awful number. They haven't had a sack in four weeks, which seems almost impossible in the NFL that a quarterback didn't like fall down or drop the ball or something. They got, you know, something got an easy sack, but no sacks in four weeks is something you never see. I just think Wilson's going to be able to do whatever he wants. My concern in that game is that if, uh, if it's Matt Schaub instead of Matt Ryan, that we get, uh, you know, we get a lot of Chris Carson in the second half. Yeah, no, that's, that's certainly reasonable. We can't like ignore the fact that um, we don't usually rely on Russell Wilson to do everything um, through the air. And like, if he has all this time to throw, um, they're just, you know, the, the big Wilson games are the ones where he can throw and run. And if he, there's no pressure on him, then he's not going to be running. Uh, and so maybe that caps his upside a little bit as weird as that sounds. Yeah. If, if Matt Ryan plays, I'm going to take a really close look at this game and try and figure out uh, if I like a stack with, uh, with Wilson and, and a receiver, maybe Julio coming back. Uh, I think it becomes an interesting game, but Matt Ryan has to play for that to happen. We won't, we don't know if that's going to happen quite yet. So jumping down in quarterbacks, um, I find it hard to find guys I really like in this in this mid range. Is there anybody that you really really like in this mid range? Kind of dropping down, say you know three to uh, three three hundred to a thousand behind the top two guys. Um, I think at the bottom of that range, if he can fit in the group, is Matt Stafford. Okay. Um, I think the matchup against the Giants, like even without last week's um, explosion, I think he makes a ton of sense. It's it's almost like too bad that he had such a good game last week. Although, because 
people are like, oh, well, Stafford's great now, and you now he's playing this terrible defense. But that alone, like, makes him totally worth um, looking at. Like, I don't think you're going to play Kyler against New Orleans. Um, Brady is always such a wild card uh, in games that they're heavily favored in because, like we saw with the Jets, he could three Sonny Michelle touchdowns and Brady doesn't really do anything. Um, paying up for Goff doesn't make sense if you can just get Watson for a little bit more, even with how bad Cincinnati's been. But again, it's the been rushing the rushing yard quarterback rushing yards that have made their stats look so bad. And then when you go down, it's like I guess you could consider Minshew again at fifty five hundred on DraftKings. Um, I'll certainly I would take that all day before I start look, looking at Ryan Tannehill and being like. No, no, no. The Bucks are so bad that I'm willing to play Tannehill in cash. Uh, I go Tannehill over Minshew this week. Oh. Sorry. Do you play either of them, though? <laughs> uh, I would strongly oh God, consider Tannehill, like Tannehill at, at 5,100 on DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel, no way. He's 6,900 on FanDuel. He's like <laughs> he's 300 less than like Drew Brees if he plays. He's uh, 700 less than Matt Ryan if he plays. I mean, he's And he's... 500 less than Kyler Murray. I mean, there's no way you're playing him on FanDuel 6,900. But 5,100 DraftKings is a gigantic drop. Um, he looked really good last week. He has some good weapons. And you just, I, I think it's in a situation where you, you game stack this game. If you're going to play Tannehill, I'm going to stack. I'm going to hope that this uh, the Tennessee-Tampa Bay game turns into a kind of a, a kind of a shootout. I think it's possible. I mean, the, the Tampa Bay defense is bad, especially passing. And they can score. Um, I think it has a little bit of sneaky shootout uh, potential. But if I do it, it's, it, when I play Tannehill, it's with a, it's with a, like a tournament GPP stack. I, think, I don't think I'm going to... I don't think I'm going to go there in cash. Who are these weapons? I, I like AJ Brown. I think Corey Davis has been murdered by Corey Davis for the last uh, seven, or murdered by uh, my Marcus Mariota for the last seven weeks. I think he, I think Corey Davis is a good player, and I, I just, I think they have two good receivers. I just think that Marcus Mariota was the worst quarterback in the NFL for the first half of the season, and he started ahead of Tannehill. He did. I don't think Tannehill's good, but at least he can throw the ball downfield instead of spiking it seven yards. Okay. Okay. I just don't like Marcus Mariota, as you can probably tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, Corey Davis uh, looked good with Tannehill last week. A.J. Brown looked good with Tannehill yeah, Brown, last week. Yeah. Uh, I, and I just think the Tampa Bay pass defense is not good. Yep. Um, I, it's a tournament play. I think it's one of those things that, like, this game could turn into 30-27, to 27 and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Um, and it's obviously going to be pretty cheap outside yeah, of— Yeah, uh, you, you can get a lot of—you can get—it's one of those lives, like you talked about earlier. You talked about uh, Barkley and McCaffrey, and I think that the way that— uh, that could work in a situation like that. As you play, you go, you go Tannehill and you go with, with one of the cheap Tennessee receivers. You can also get a pretty good receiver in there too. Mm. Sounds like you don't like. <laughs> if you, if you play Barkley and McCaffrey though, how else do you fit? Uh, do you just go three cheap receivers then? Sure. There are tons of them. So you go like Russell Wilson with Metcalf rather than Lockett. And then you go two other cheap receivers. Well, I think you play Stafford. Um, oh, you had, I guess you go stay, you go Stafford and Stafford and Galladay or Stafford. And I guess you go back to Marvin Jones and it's 6,100 on, on DraftKings. Stafford fits pretty well. He's 7,700 Fandle, So it doesn't work quite as well hmm. there. So you think it's better to stack this Tampa, Tennessee game with, with, um, Tannehill than Winston. Uh, if I were trying to save the money, yes. Uh, I, I don't think it's a problem. I, I would go, I could go Winston and Mike Evans, by the way. I go Mike yeah. Evans over Godwin this week. Uh, and then come back with either AJ Brown or Corey Davis. I could see it that way too. I just think if you're really trying to save a ton of money, yeah. uh, Tannehill's 5,100. I, I think it's just a kind of a punt quarterback play. If you really want to really want to pay up at the running back spots and you have a, a tournament lineup where you like this game to go over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's kind of a fun, uh, 
I think it's a weirdly fun game. I think that uh, we saw a lot. I mean, he threw for 312 yards last week. I mean, that hasn't happened for in Tennessee in a, in a while. Marcus Mariota has not been good. I just think it's uh, a little bit of a shot of adrenaline in this team, and maybe maybe it keeps up for another week. Okay. I see that. I see it. What? What about pass catchers? I think that uh, we want to jump there. There's a lot of interesting wide receivers this week. Starting at the top range, we've got three guys at the top. Uh, Michael Thomas, who's just insane right now. I mean, you talk about you talk about how we always talk about wide receivers. You know, there's always some up and downs. There's always going to be some bad weeks. He has 80 plus yards in six of his seven weeks, and he scored in the other one. He had like 57 or 59 yards that he scored in the other week. Double digit targets in five of seven games. He has at least eight catches in six of seven games. That's, it's almost an impossible wide receiver stretch when you look at that uh, for seven, through seven weeks. It, it's really wild. Um, With a backup quarterback for a bunch of it, too. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's. I have long been somebody who never considers a wide receiver in the flex spot for a cash game. Like, it's always three running backs. Right. And Michael Thomas is making me wonder if maybe I pay up for him and try to get a cheat. So that's where, like, the Ty Johnson works in or someone like James White because you got to pay down for um for running back you're you're already talking yourself into Ty Johnson uh no 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 um (laughs) but yeah the the consistency is just ridiculous um and we have this game against an Arizona defense that really isn't that good and we're expecting a lot of plays and so um yeah I I think he's definitely the top one of of all the upper tier wide receivers um which does uh, does Patrick Peterson back worry you at all with the Arizona defense? No. And he doesn't, he's not really a shadow guy. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem. Yeah, and just I mean they'll they'll figure out ways to get Thomas away from him anyway, and so yeah. Um, so I think he, yeah I think he's a great play. I think you then have to like look around like we were talking about obviously Tampa Bay Tennessee. So we've got Godwin and and Evans in this range, but if Matt Ryan plays, how do you feel about Julio? Uh, impossible for me to love Julio more this week if Matt Ryan plays. Really? Impossible. Love. Wow. Yes. Do you like him uh, more than comes, Thomas? It comes from the fact that I think that Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be insanely popular this week. Uh, we, you already talked about Thomas. Hopkins is against the Raiders, who just you know gave up a 1,400 yards to Aaron Rodgers last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they've allowed 10 touchdowns to wide receivers. I think Hopkins is going to be a monster. There's all this stuff this week about you know Hopkins is so much better. Will Fuller doesn't play, and how you know he had to, he had all the targets last week. He went under over 100 yards for the first time because Will Fuller got hurt on play two or whatever it was. Um, I just think those two guys are going to be so popular. I think Julio is going to slide in a very low percentage this week compared to normal. Um, I like it. I like the possibility of a shootout if, if Matt Ryan plays. I think the Seattle is going to score on the Atlanta defense, and Matt Ryan's going to have to catch up in the second half. Um, you know, 18 targets the last two weeks. He's, he's Julio's really kind of almost, you can kind of feel that huge Julio game coming 108, 93 yards the last two weeks. Uh, Ravens wide receivers did nothing in Seattle last week, but you kind of tossed that out. I mean, they're just not, they're not really an explosive receiving core, but OBJ had 101 the week before that. Cooper Cup had nine for 117 and touched on the week before that. Uh, I love Julio in a spot where I think he's going to slide a little bit under the radar, you know, for Julio, but he's still Julio. But uh, with Hopkins and Thomas both insanely popular and insanely hyped, I think he slides under the radar pretty nicely this week. Is there no thought that Hopkins won't be that highly owned because people are playing Kenny Stills? Uh, I think people will play both, but oh, I think okay. I think Hopkins is over twenty percent this week in tournaments. I think wow. he's gonna be really popular. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think both. I think him and Thomas are the two the two highest owned guys. There's a, there's a lot of ways to go cheap. I think people will play. We don't. I don't. I don't like it. You don't like it. I think people will play Ty Johnson. I think people will play Murray uh, if uh, if Kamara's in play. I think there's gonna be plenty of paths to get receivers, and I think Thomas and Hopkins will be. Uh, I would say uh, I think Thomas uh, eh, probably like. 
maybe eight to ten percent higher than than Jones. Maybe they're both over twenty. Maybe Jones slots in that like twelve to fourteen range. And would you still play him with Schaub? Uh, no. You wouldn't play like a four percent Julio. I mean, if I'm like firing a dart in a tournament, maybe. But no, I'm not really interested in Schaub. I I think Matt Schaub's horrible. Okay. I think, and I think the problem is they. I think I just get everything would be frustrating. I think that maybe they just shut it down in the second half. But I wish Shab. I guess they get behind and maybe get some garbage time. But I, I don't like counting on garbage time. I, I prefer looking for a shootout rather than garbage time. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I mean, and I like Hopkins and Thomas this week. I, I will certainly play them in some lineups too. I think that Hopkins is in a perfect spot, and they they just use him as a deep guy a lot more when Will Fuller's not in there. It's just a it's just the, the kind of the way their offense works. They just go downfield a little bit more to him when when Fuller's not there. Uh, do you have a you have a strong preference? It sounds like you like Thomas the most of the three. Yeah, I think I think he's up there. Um, I think oh, I mean, part of the hard not to. yeah, I think part of the reason I don't like Hopkins. It's not that I don't like Hopkins, but I think Stills is just such an easy play at forty seven hundred, and so it's like if why am I paying so much more for Hopkins when I can have just and not to say that the same player, but I think still Stills is a very good wide receiver, forty seven hundred. I think he gets a lot of the fuller touches. I mean, we had a hundred yards last week. Yep. And so that's the only thing that like takes away from Hopkins. Like if I like, I like Thomas a lot, but I'm not going to play somebody else from new Orleans. Um, and like, I'm not going to look at Julio and be like, actually, let me play Ridley this week. But I, I think you can reasonably not play Hopkins for stills. Yeah. And I think that Houston has two of the top five owned wide receivers this week. So I think yeah. you're right. I think they're, I think they're both going to be really popular. I think that stills that the price is, uh, uh, is hard to get away from at 4,700. You got to figure there's going to be two or three deep balls. You can have really good chance to make big plays, you know, whether that's pass interference or incomplete or complete is, is another thing, but I think that opportunities there and that's kind of what you want. And Oakland is horrible against the deep ball. Mm-hmm. They're horrible against short ones and middle ones too, though. <laughs> that is true. Um, um do you so drop, dropping down a little bit? Is there anybody, uh, do you like Chris Godwin? Do you like Cooper cup this week? How do you feel about those guys? I think that the, I like the top three, um, more than those guys myself. I was going to ask you if you, if Goff's 80 rushing yards takes you away from cup and woods. Um, <clears throat> I <laughs> think, does. I think all of those guys are fine. Like for GPPs, any of them make sense. I think Lockett, I tend to be lower on him, but like the recipe is there. If Ryan plays for the shootouts, you take him. Uh, do you think I am giving, not giving people enough credit, um, and thinking that, Galladay might be overlooked this week. Not overlooked, but like, do you think people are down on Galladay because of last week and they will play Jones for 600 less? It's a good question. My 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 thought on this is always like, I want to go to Galladay now. And I this is like the prime spot for me to use him after the other guy gets four touchdowns. I just don't know if other people think that way or people are like, oh my God, Marvin Jones is so much better and he's the way to go. Galladay only had two targets. Uh, my feel would be to go to straight to Galladay, and I just don't know what level of people will do the same thing. Like I love Galladay this week. Like I, I do too. I didn't and he's like sixty four hundred on DraftKings. He's yeah, really cheap. He's a, yeah. He like he was got some a lot of talk last week, which I thought was like an okay matchup. I didn't play Galladay uh, in cash at all. Um, I didn't play Jones either. But like this is the week <laughs> that like lines up perfectly. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot this week. I think that uh, I I always like receivers when you know I don't think he's complaining, but kind of that squeaky wheel. Everybody's been talking about the fact that you know Amendola had 100 yards, Marvin Jones, uh, you know, set this, uh, you know, joined these other two guys with this record. I think that uh, I love a, I love a really good receiver off a, off a week when you know everybody's talking about everybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm so good with two, that. 
think he two makes guys more I want to ask you guy. about. Two guys I want to ask you about in the same range, and I it, it kind of like the super low percentage guys that are that are studs though, like two guys that both went in the you know top two rounds of season long drafts. Uh, down to sixty six hundred and sixty four hundred on DraftKings, we have Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Um, both two obviously great players, but have not had great years. Mike Evans has been up and down. Keenan Allen had, you know, had a target drop. And then, you know, last week he had 11 targets, but he's only six catches, 41 yards. I think Phillip Rivers kind of lack of arm strength right now is hurting him a little bit, uh, kind of, a, and their line hurts him too. Like they, we, we always thought that, you know, bad line would be, you know, a lot of Keenan Allen dump offs and that happened last week, but Hunter Henry's kind of taken some of those too. Do you like either of these guys this week as kind of a uh, a week to get them way lower percentage than normal for guys that are that are really good players? Um, sure. <laughs> That's how I feel about. It. Like I, I'm not I, going Mike out of Evans my. Mike Evans had 17 targets in his last game. Mike Evans, yeah. Um, I I mean, yeah, he makes tons of sense, and I think, um, like you said, that game, if you want to stack it, makes sense to have Evans. Obviously, makes sense to have Evans in it, um, but. I mean, Tennessee, I feel like, especially when they're at home, just does such a good job of making the football horrible uh, for both teams involved. And so I tend not to want to buy into that. Um, And I kind of feel the same way about the Chargers at Chicago, although the Bears have been really bad recently, not so much against the pass. But um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there are situations I want to get into when I can have Galladay for a little cheaper or even going further down. you know, with Jones or a little golden Tate revenge game. Like I think there are cheaper guys that, um, that I know that that at least I know what I'm getting. Um, and I don't have to spend 1500 to 2000 on DraftKings more to get Evans or, or Allen four straight games under 50 yards for Keenan Allen. That seems impossible too. Eckler, man. Yeah, it is. It's, it's Eckler and Hunter Henry. Yeah. Uh, dropping down a little bit from those guys. Actually, I'm going to go up for a second. I want, I, I take that back. Um, 6,900 on DraftKings. Julian Edelman at uh, home against the Browns. 27 targets to lead the NFL over the last two weeks. He has three targets more than anybody else in the in that in that stretch the last two weeks. He has 24 catches the last three weeks. So turning those targets into catches. Uh, if you're talking about PPR, you're talking about a point per catch. His floor looks really, really nice. Uh, not to say that Cleveland is good. But they played Washington and both New York teams over that span, um, who are all horrible. So, by the way, Cleveland's not good either. They're better though. They are um, better. I, I, I'm just kidding, but they are better. And they haven't allowed a hundred yard receiver since week three. But they've also faced the Ravens, Niners, and uh, Seahawks in that stretch. DK Metcalf at 69, and, and Tyler Lockett at 75 yards last week. So they did pretty well. Uh, Jerron Brown scored twice. I guess that was two weeks ago because Cleveland was on a bye. Um, I don't know. Edelman just uh, the, the volume is crazy. I mean, just the guy right now. I mean, Josh Gordon is is gone. Muhammad Sanu is there. I don't know how much he's going to be you know integrated in the offense quite yet. James White is there, but in terms of receivers, it's Edelman and, and kind of just uh, a cast of others. Jacoby Myers looks pretty talented, but I just think uh, he's a little pricey on drafting six nine hundred. But that's because there's PPR. I just think the volume is so locked in as much as any other receiver. Yeah, I think the problem with Edelman is that he profiles as the perfect cash game play. But 6,900 requires like GPP scores. And so right. uh, I don't know if you're necessarily getting, I mean, I don't think you're getting that with Edelman. You need the eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown or, um, you know, what you get with other guys, you get the three catches for 112 and a touchdown. And so um, I don't know. I, I'd rather just play James White. 
So dropping down 900 from from uh, Edelman, we get uh, Allen Robinson. Same number of catches last two weeks. We're talking about PPR, 24 catches. He had 10 catches last week on 16 targets. He has at least seven targets in every game. Kind of the quietest uh, c- quietest target monster in the game right now. I love Allen Robinson. Like somebody showed some highlight from the what was that this, uh, last weekend's game where he did like a double move, his touchdown, where like the safety basically fell over and he barely like made a move. But Rob- like Robinson is so good and is just wasted. In Chicago, yeah. um, so I, I think he's a great play. Like I think, um, un, like if you pay down for one of your running back spots and you can get like Galladay, Robinson, both of those guys in this range, like I think that's great. I, I, as much as I said, I don't really like buying into the Chicago Chargers game. Like I think Robinson makes a ton of sense because, like you said, the volume is there and six thousand is like nothing. Yeah, I mean, and for nine hundred less than Edelman, you're pretty much getting the exact same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. without Tom Brady though. Well, you know, did you get a step down from Brady to Trubisky? Slightly, slightly. <laughs> Daniel's an even, but Trubisky, you're right. That's down. Dropping down a little bit. We've got a guy that probably would salary be adjusted if it was midweek, but Cortland Sutton is at Indy. DraftKings, he's 5,300. Uh, obviously, Emmanuel Sanders got traded to the 6-0 49ers in midweek. So, um, is that their new name? Do you feel... Well, yeah, it is. Do you feel well until next week? Yeah. Um, do you feel that uh, Sutton? Do you like him more with more target share? Or are you a little bit worried about maybe he's like the focus of the defense now? Uh, I think it's okay to like him more. Um, I think he's the most expensive of this cheaper group that I think includes yeah. like a lot of guys you can play at least in cash games that um, have this like seven to eleven target upside. Um, so I think Sutton makes a ton of sense. Um, I tend to stay away from Tyler Boyd, but a lot of people were uh, played him last week, but he's kind of in this range as well. Um, Stills is obviously around here. Um, I hate to admit it, but Jamison Crowder is another one in this range that I think you can look at. Um, and how long do you think it'll take Emmanuel Sanders to get used to San Francisco? Like, could he have 10 targets this week? Uh, I think 10 is probably a little high, but I don't think six or seven would shock me. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys. I think you could, he's just such a good route runner. I think you just slot him in and, and tell him to go in the slot and run run patterns and get open. I think he can kind of figure it out. Right. I think there was this whole like, well, it's going to take him a while to learn the playbook. And it's like the guy's a pro. He knows how to get open. And forty six hundred, like I would have played that if he was in this Denver game. Um, but now we got a, qu- a quarterback upgrade. He's playing at home. I mean, you know, the Niners' home, not necessarily his. Um, <laughs> and against Carolina, like I, I. I need people to convince me not to play Emmanuel Sanders over Jamison Crowder or um, Corey. No, I'm not playing Corey Davis. Auden Tate. That was the other. Uh, the other thing with Sutton is you mentioned you know seven to eleven target upside. He actually he's had seven to nine targets every game. That's yeah. kind of been his floor so far. He's been under sixty yards once all year. He's been quietly really really good. I was surprised that he's down at fifty two hundred on drafting. Seems like a low price. Uh, the Colts allowed two hundred yard receivers last week and one hundred three to someone named Pringle the week before that. Um, <laughs> Julio uh, Julio and Keenan Allen both had big games against them. Wide receiver ones have been really good against Indy. Uh, I don't know if we could put Cortland Sutton quite in that wide receiver one class yet, but good game script. Like they're they're about touchdown underdogs to Indy, and he's been playing really well. You got to figure Indy's going to score a little bit. Um, I like Cortland. I just think Cortland Sutton's a really good player. I wish Joe Flacco somebody was not the guy throwing the ball to him. And uh, I just think that Sutton, if this game turns into a little bit of a, a close game, I like him. If they turn into them being behind, I like him. I, I think just think he's underpriced at DraftKings. I, I think that's right. I think he's underpriced. 
Absolutely. You mentioned Stills, uh, 4,700 DraftKings, 5,700 FanDuel. Played almost every slap last week with Will Fuller going out early. Um, he hadn't topped 32 snaps before that, so it's pretty clear that he kind of slots right into that Fuller role. It's, you know, he wasn't really playing, and then Fuller went out, and now he's playing every play. So Raiders can't stop the deep ball. We've kind of we've hit that plenty of times. He was four for 105 on five targets last week. Uh, he's gonna be it's gonna be uh, popular. He's gonna be pretty uh, pretty highly owned off last week's game in the Raiders matchup. Uh, are you full in on Stills this week? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's hard not to be. I mean, it, it is. I mean, I think that uh, you know, if you want to get sneaky in PPR, you could go down to Kiki Kuti at fifty forty one hundred. Yeah. But for the for the for the money price, you know, I just want the guy who's gonna gonna have a chance at the deep balls. That's that's exactly how I feel. Like the I was looking at it because we obviously knew that Kuti would get more opportunities. Be, I mean, based on Fuller being out. Um, but when you look at the price tip, like if Stills was six thousand, which I think he should be, like he should be between Kuti and Hopkins. But instead, at six, like the six hundred dollars difference on DraftKings is, is nothing um, for guys who are probably on, on Kuti's upside. Probably has as many targets as Stills, and there's no way he's getting the deep balls like Stills would. So it's easy in that range, and kind of the same idea. Um, you know, a good matchup, good quarterback gets the deep balls. We have DK Metcalf at yeah. five thousand on DraftKings. He's a he's a boomer bust guy. You know, he gets the deep ball. He doesn't have a ton of volume, but you know, does uh, does catch the ball when it's thrown to him. Really great matchup too. I think in a tournament, if uh, if you go from Stills to Metcalf, I don't hate that as a pivot. Yeah, no, I think that's that's right. I think every time I look into a Seattle game, and if I'm like, oh, I should stack Seattle, like I usually go Wilson Metcalf, not Wilson Lockett. Like I just naturally go to Metcalf and for a uh, for rookie receiver, DK Metcalf is really impressive. He is. He is. Yeah. Uh, a little bit lower, you mentioned, we mentioned Kuti at 4,100. Uh, A.J. Brown, I really like at 4,100. He had eight targets last week, Tannehill. The talent's obviously there. He was a stud in college at Georgia. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay wide receiver stats are are really bad. They uh, they they give up plenty of, uh, plenty of production to wide receivers. Uh, if I'm going to go wide receiver for Tennessee this week, I think I'm going to go A.J. Brown at 4,100 over Corey Davis, kind of go with the uh, the guy that's uh, away from Davis who, who was, had the better game last week. I just like the eight targets. I think A.J. Brown's really talented. I think he's explosive. I think he breaks some big plays. Uh, 4,100 is it seems like a really good price for me this week. 5,500 on Fandle is a pretty good price too. Uh, I'm definitely going to have some A.J. Brown in my life this week. Do you think Brown is worthy of cash game consideration over Danny Amendola? Yes. Me too. Yeah. I... Uh, Amendola's weird. Like, he's had two big games and nothing in the other ones. I just, uh, uh, it, it's, yeah, I go AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown upside is better. And I think with uh, the eight targets last week, I think his floor is uh, probably better too. Yep, I agree. Uh, Jerron Brown, who, uh, we, you know, we talked about the Seattle offense a bunch already. Atlanta uh, can't stop anybody. Um, do you like Jerron Brown this week? He had 11 targets the last two weeks. He probably need a touchdown to work out. Uh, but uh, how do you feel about Jerron Brown this week? Uh, I tend to stay away from guys that have the, the you probably need a touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I feel that too. So I think, I mean, obviously if you're stacking that game, I think he could be a, a nice piece to it. Um, like Wilson, Brown, Metcalf, but um, I'm not over, I'm not going out of my way to get to find him. Uh, Alex Erickson at 3,700, 20 targets the last two weeks? No. Could be a nice game script, trailing the Rams the whole second half. If you told me he had 20 targets and three catches, I'd believe you. But I know he's had 12. <laughs> but, like, no. He has got he has to be related to Jeff Erickson somehow, right? You th- I mean, he's, he's Bengals, it's got to yeah. be. 
Yeah, it's got to be. Last guy I wanted to ask you about is someone that, uh, you know, the targets opened up with Emmanuel Sanders gone is Deshaun Hamilton in Denver. 3300 on DraftKings, obviously super cheap, almost the min price there. Has done nothing all year, has never topped 60... <laughs> He's never topped 60 yards in a game in his career. Did have a couple touchdowns late last year and kind of a, got a little bit of hype coming into this year. But uh, I don't know, just a guy that uh, you know might fall in some targets that Emmanuel Sanders gone. I think there's enough cheap receivers where I can go elsewhere pretty easily, but I thought he was worth mentioning at least. I, I agree. Somebody brought him up in the uh, in our subscriber chat as well. I My response was you're relying on a guy to step up with Joe Flacco throwing balls to him. Yep. And it was like, That's oh, right, point. right. I forgot Flacco was there. And I, I don't yeah, want to have to, I don't want to go into a questionable Flacco situation. Yeah. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with Cortland Sutton at, a, at exactly. a pretty good price rather than rather than messing with another guy. I think I agree there. Last on receivers before we move on, is there any of the Rams receivers you're thinking about this week? Obviously, they're fa- facing the Bengals. We've talked about the fact that Bengals really, uh, you know, the rushing stuff is what it was problematic. Are you, are you touching Cup Woods or, uh, or Cooks this week or just kind of figuring that they're going to run the ball the whole second half? Um, I, I could think they could be great, but I don't know which one it's going to be. I don't know yep. how that game, like, I think the, there is a reasonable pivot at every sink for, for cooks and, uh, woods and cup. Like there, there's a guy probably right next to them, uh, price wise that I'm like, yeah, I think I would just rather play that guy. Like with cooks, you have, uh, Jones or Tate that are a hundred dollars more. Um, Sutton is actually cheaper. And then when you yep. go to Woods, he's $100 less than Kenny Galladay, who I'd rather play. Allen Robinson is um, 400 or 300 less. And then with Cup, like we're already at the upper tier now, I might as well just play Michael Thomas. I think it's a really good point you made, too. You look at these guys, and people always ask me, like, how do you, why didn't you talk about this guy? I mean, there's just, you have to make a decision sometimes, and you can't play everybody. And, you know, if you look at Woods at 6,300, you like Galladay more, like, there's your answer. Right, right. Which is funny because I get feedback that we talk about too many guys. Oh, interesting. Should we talk about less guys? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's jump into tight ends and defense real quick. But uh, finally, a note from our sponsor, Stash. Your fantasy winnings are going to need a game plan. Put them to work on Stash, and you'll get an extra $5 to start investing now. Over 3 million Americans invest, bank, and save with Stash, all in one easy-to-use app. On Stash, you can buy pieces of stocks and funds for just $5 at a time. And unlike some other micro-investing apps, you get to build your own portfolio. Your Stash also includes access to a smarter, simpler bank account that allows work that actually works with your investment account can help you save and spend smarter. Want to plan for a better financial future? Stash also offers retirement accounts and investing accounts for kids. Stash can even help teach you how to save and invest confidently with simple guides, articles, challenges, and personalized guidance. Stash is a financial home for all your money needs, and it'll even give you $5 to invest if you join today. Stash, one app, unlimited opportunity. Investment advisory services offered by Stash Investments LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor, Debit account services provided by Green Dot Bank member FDIC. So, uh, Andrew, I think tight ends are actually interesting this week. Uh, we had a number of weeks where they're not, and it's just it was we talked about it earlier, but it's one of those spots where the where you play, what site you play on, really it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. On, on DraftKings, you've got you know you've got Kittle at the top at sixty five hundred, then you've got big drops down as you get lower. You know, you go Waller's six hundred less, then Hooper's a thousand less than Kittle, but then you have uh, Hunter Henry's in the fourth out forty nine hundred range, Evan Ingram fifty three hundred on Fanduel. Uh, kill 6,900 and you drop down to Ingram, you know, maybe like the sixth, seventh guy. It's like a $600 difference. It's, it's crazy, but you know, bunched up where I think on FanDuel, I love George Kittle this week. Cause I think just, if you're going to play him at the same price, Hunter Henry, give me Kittle every time. But on, on DraftKings, you know, that's a $16 difference. I think it's, I think it really depends on where you play this week, where you go at tight end. Yeah. FanDuel is so tight that you pretty much just like play whoever you want. 
Like Exactly. Yeah, they, I mean, pick the guy that you want and don't worry about the cap because they're all kind of the same. They're all the same, right? You're not benefiting anything by fading them. Um, yeah, the DraftKings, it, it's weird to have so many guys that we want to play and not have Kelsey on the slate. Like, I feel like every time it's like, we have all these really good guys. And we're like, yeah, but Kelsey's in a really good spot, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but we still have like the, the bigger guys from the earlier season. Kittle, obviously, or Ertz has a tough matchup. But like Ingram and Hooper have, or Ingram, I think, particularly has a great matchup. Waller makes the most sense for that game stack. Like, or you don't even need like a full stack. But like, if you just had Watson, um, Stills, and Waller, like, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I do too. Obviously, you were saying Hunter Henry has gotten all these targets uh, since he came back from injury. Um, if Jared Cook, although it sounds like he's going to sit out, but who knows? Um, but like he's got that uh, tight end against the Cardinals situation, which has been pretty hey, fruitful this year. Jo- Josh Hill, thirty two hundred on DraftKings. Yeah, because Josh Hill is just the next line of uh, ten catches for two hundred yards and a what does he have? Three, this year? Uh, three for forty three and a touchdown last week on fifty three snaps. Uh. No, uh, no interest at all. None. Uh, I don't think I do either. The thirty two hundred is interesting, <laughs> but uh, I think that I would play a cheap receiver, and I'd go up to. If I wanted to go cheap, I'd go up to Gerald Everett at forty three hundred. If I were going to do it that way, I think Everett is the cheapest, really viable one. Uh, twenty six targets last three weeks for Gerald Everett, yeah. double digits in two of those weeks. He's uh he's kind of a sneaky big part of this offense, and kind of what's hurting the receivers a little bit. I think that uh, he's taking some targets away from Woods and Cooks, and it's making a difference. Exactly, exactly, and that's why I think, it, not that I think he should be in the range of the other guys, but I feel like he should be kind of closer to Henry than than um than he is because uh, it's a six hundred dollar difference, and six hundred dollars is the difference between Henry and Hooper, which I feel like is actually uh should be tighter. Yeah, Kittle to, Kittle to Everett's 2,200 on DraftKings, 800 on FanDuel. Yeah, exactly. That, that's wild. I uh, I love George Kittle this week, by the way. I know I talked about him for a second up top, but I uh, I think last week you just toss out the weather. He made a couple of good catches. And, I mean, that was like a monstoon they were playing it him was in Washington. It was just game, a horrible yeah. game. I mean, Garoppolo couldn't grip the ball. It was like he was just like kind of open handing it, kind of like pushing it out there more than throwing it. Had eight targets each of the last three weeks before that. I think Emmanuel Sanders really, really helps him. I think that it, it gives them a receiver that has to take someone's attention. I think that George Kittle in space, in single coverage, is pretty much unguardable by any linebacker or any safety. Um, Houston only allowed one touchdown to it. Uh, sorry, Carolina only allowed one touchdown to a tight end so far this year, but it was uh, I think it was last week. Uh, I just think he's the one consistent weapon. I think Emmanuel Sanders changed that a little bit, but I, I think this is a big Kittle week. I think that he scores and goes over uh, maybe, say, 85 yards. Look at you. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to pay for him is the problem. Um, you do. And I think I, he's, he's much more interesting to me on FanDuel because I can't save the money that he has on DraftKings. But I think on DraftKings that, that makes him probably low percent, lower percentage there than, than he probably should be. I, it's, just, it's hard to find the money on DraftKings to spend that much. I, I totally get that. But uh, I, I think he's an interesting play. I think that it, in a lineup where I you know go with a couple cheap receivers, I think I'm going to try and try and force Kittle into a couple spots. Yeah, I think that's ultimately where you're looking at. Like if you, if you take it as basic as a 2v2, um, where if you play um, Kittle and like it, you end up in that kind of low to mid 4,000 range for um, for a wide receiver. So that's the group that we should talk about with Amendola or Tate. I mean, it's guys who are right, AJ Brown. So let's say you play Kittle and Brown or you play Everett and now you're up in these, this like Galladay, yeah, like Robinson. Kenny Gall- yeah, Kenny Galladay, yeah. Right. And so I think that's if you – on uh, DraftKings specifically, like if you're playing Kittle, you you have to sacrifice elsewhere. Like you you're 
you're making this decision of, I am not going to play somebody like Galladay or Robinson because I think Kittle will outscore him. And then you can just find one of these cheaper wide receivers. Yeah, I agree there. I think that he's, I love him on FanDuel. I like him on DraftKings is probably how I put it. I mean, you look at, you look at FanDuel, there isn't another playable receiver or tight end under 6,000 unless you want to go to Josh Hill, who's 5,000. But Kittle's, uh, you know, like I said, 800 from Everett. He's 200 more than Hunter Henry there. He's uh, 600 more than Ingram. Uh, I think he's a, he's a really good plan fail. Probably my top tight end on FanDuel this week. Um, last thing I want to ask you about on tight end, uh, how do you feel about uh, Zach Ertz down to 5,100 on DraftKings? Uh, only one touchdown all year, but uh, had seven plus targets in every game except for last week. Uh, I wonder if Philly maybe looks at last week and be like, what the hell are we doing going away from our best uh, our best weapon? I think that's reasonable. Um, I think it'll be really low owned because there's so many options you can yeah. play this week. And when, I do you, too. when you look at how good Buffalo has been against tight ends, then, um, then the numbers at least are show that you should, you should be avoiding it. Although um, they haven't necessarily played like, a, not that there are a ton of uh, tight ends, but like jets, giants, Bengals, Patriots, Titans, and dolphins. Like, how many tight ends have you played from those teams this year? True. Um, I, I I think there's more uh, there's more playable tight ends this week than I remember in, in most weeks. I yeah. think there's like there's like I look down I'm like there's like six or seven guys. I'm like yeah I'd be fine with that. So it's gonna be uh, picking the right one will be important this week and, uh, and pretty difficult, which is not usually the case at tight end. Totally agree. Yeah, usually there's maybe two on the top that you want to play, and then there's the right. one guy down low that everybody plays. And yeah, we got a ton this week. Uh, you think Hunter Henry, the highest owned guy, or maybe Darren Waller? Or who do you, if you had to pick a highest owned guy, who do you think it'll be on DraftKings? Um, I don't think any of them will be that high, but I think Waller might be the highest. That guy's just been like incredible. Like, and I think, but I think Everett I mean, might be he, really popular too, just because he's so much cheaper. Yeah, I think Waller's probably the highest too. I agree with you there. I mean, he scored twice last week, and he got tackled at the one yard line yeah. on a nice play too. He had he was seven for one twenty six and two touchdowns on eight targets. He has over fifty yards in five of six games. He's averaging over seven catches a game, not seven targets a game, seven catches a game for a tight end in PPR. I mean, that's just freaking gold right there. Yeah, it it's a little um, it's a little tough because he's not like a huge volume guy. Like tight ends tend not to be. Like you're like he's had seven catches, but like he has literally like eight targets on the like for those seven catches, yeah. and so, um, you know, Derek, Derek Derek Carr short passing game though it's totally what he does. totally yeah it's just you know you, you would prefer to have guys who are a little closer to ten targets every game, but um, I guess you don't really get that that much with tight ends. Yeah, he's my he's like you said you mentioned before he's my favorite guy. If I go with a a Watson. Uh, Hopkins or Watson stills stack. Waller's my favorite guy coming back, I think, in that game. I think that I like him more than Josh Jacobs this week just because I think that Oakland's going to have to throw the ball in the second half. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving to defense. I actually like defense is a little bit interesting this week, too, which I never say. Um, we've got uh, the, of course, New England uh, is at the top on both DraftKings and FanDuel. 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. I guess my first question is, are you paying up for New England this week against the Browns? No. Me either. Uh, it, it'll probably look dumb for the 57th week in a row. Right, right. Uh, you know, New England's won 19 straight home games. I did know that. Nobody in the NFL has won more than three home games in a row. Wow. Yeah. If you told me the number was 90, I probably would have believed you too, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just gross what they're doing right now. I can't imagine. I, I feel bad for you having a team that uh, in their same division that you like. It's just, it's just so frustrating. There are some scattered Bills fans in this area too. And, the, the common belief amongst other AFC East teams is that there's literally no reason to be optimistic about anything until Brady leaves or Belichick retires. 
Mostly Belichick. Crazy because the Bills are what, what? I mean, they got a really good record. I mean, were they six and one, five and two, five and two? Yeah, they're really like that, good. Right? Uh, my other, my other uh, New England stat I loved. They're facing Baker Mayfield this week, who's in his second year. Can you tell me the last time the Patriots lost at home to a first or second year quarterback? Mark Sanchez. <laughs> it's a good guess. It was 2012, and it's a guy that's no longer in the NFL for controversial reasons. Oh, Kaepernick. Yep, 2012, Colin Kaepernick went in on a Monday night game and beat the Patriots at home. That's incredible. It was an awesome game. They were, I think they were up like 31-3, to and New England almost came all the way back and won the game. Of too. course It was like did. one of those games where it was like, this is fantastic. But I'm like, oh, my God, here's Tom Brady. And I was like mm-hmm. <laughs> hiding under my chair. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so defense this week, uh, outside of New England, we've got uh, we've got the Rams kind of at the top. I, I'm kind of eh, on that one just because it's in, it's in London. I like teams that are at home. So the first one I really jumped to is the 49ers, 3,700 on DraftKings, 4,800 on FanDuel. Everybody on FanDuel is expensive this week. There's like no defense under 4,400 that I would even consider. Yeah. Uh, DraftKings, you get a you get a big jump from the top to the bottom. So I think it's a lot more interesting to play the bottom ones there. Uh, the Niners have multiple sacks in every game. They have uh, 11 in the last three weeks. Like I mentioned earlier, the, the Panthers have allowed multiple sacks in every game. Do you know how many career interceptions Kyle Allen has? No. Zero. Really? Has not thrown one this year and didn't throw one in the two games he uh, he had last week. I was uh, I was shocked. I was like, I wonder how Kyle Allen's been been bidding its pressure or throwing interceptions, and he has none all year. Uh, I think that changes this week <laughs> uh, because of the pressure or because yes, yeah. I just I think the Niners. I think the Niners are going to develop a lot of pressure on him, and you know it's going to be a good game script. The Niners aren't super close on offense, but you know if you look at the the Vegas line and it gets a five and a half point spread, uh, got to think Carolina's going to have to throw the ball in a little bit in the second half for Carolina to win this game. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, for sure. It just seems like the. I mean, obviously, it's easier said than done to be like, well, let's just focus on stopping Christian McCaffrey. But it seems like the game plan should always be let's let Kyle Allen throw. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think that they will. And the, the, the key with the Niners is they can get pressure with four guys. Yeah. And they, they don't blitz a lot and they still get a lot of pressure. So I think that that changes stuff because you can have a Quan Alexander or, a, you know, one of the other linebackers, Fred Warner, maybe will be watching McCaffrey. I think that uh, I think Callen, Allen's going to have to throw the ball a little bit to wide receivers for them to win this game. And they, he has good ones. You know, Curtis Samuel and DJ sure. Moore have a lot of talent, but I think he's going to have to use them to win this game. And then that may lead to a couple of mistakes. Yeah, I think that's a good read. Dropping down a little bit. I think there's a lot of interesting cheap defenses. I think you have Jacksonville at 2,900. We talked about Sam Darnold struggling last week. Jacksonville's getting pressure. Eight sacks the last two weeks. Uh, They forced four turnovers last week against Cincinnati. Jets uh, gave up six turnovers last week, as we've kind of already talked about. I think Indianapolis is interesting. 2,900 DraftKings. They have uh, have seven sacks last two weeks. The Broncos got sacked nine times last week against the Chiefs. We talked about Joe Flacco. Flacco Uh, I love the He may make some mistakes. Great game script. They're at home. They're like a touchdown favorite. They're going to get pressure on Flacco. There's going to be some bad passes in that game. Uh, those are probably my two favorite for the price, but then I have one down a little bit cheaper. But uh, in the cheap range, who do you like? Uh, do you like Jacksonville? Do you like Indy? Do you like someone else? Um, I think Jacksonville makes sense. One that kind of jumped out at me that's a little more expensive is Tennessee. Uh, just anytime you play um, Jameis Winston, I feel like it's worth considering. And 3200 really isn't that expensive. Although yeah, maybe nice. I'm, just because I'm comparing it to the Patriots that – it looks a little high. Um, I f- learned on this podcast that Mitchell Trubisky is a terrible quarterback and that I should consider that was, uh, defenses that against was, him. That was my super cheap one. Yeah, so I, Chargers at 2,300, I think, um, gives you a little reason for optimism because of how bad Trubisky is without having to like pay all the way down. Like I have no interest in paying the Bengal, playing the Bengals defense or the Raiders um, or really the Cardinals or Falcons. Those are all the ones that are below 2,000. 
the 2300 uh yeah I'll, I'll try that yeah i mean they've they've struggled on defense kind of back to back i wish melvin ingram was playing he sounds like he's doubtful yeah. he would he definitely changes that defense but you know the bears have allowed six sacks the last couple of weeks you know the bears are the only team in the nfl not to have over 300 yards gained in any game at all this year that's wild yeah it seems impossible not have a one game of 300 plus yards Seriously. but they are uh, they're really bad. David Montgomery, I think, just ran it straight into the middle of the line again right now. Uh, he looks terrible, like the the worst season long pick ever. He was like a th- late third rounder by the time uh, you know he, we got to the, near the end of the season. He's just they're not using him. They had five. I think they had five rushes in the first half last week in a game against New Orleans that was close most of the way. Yeah, like it, was. it wasn't like they they didn't get blown out to the second half. And you look up and they had like 24 passes and five rushes in the first half in a game that I think it was 12 to 10 at that point. It just, it makes no sense. And Matt Nagy's like, I'm an idiot. I know we have to run the ball more. I'm like, well, just freaking do it then. Just do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. stop talking about it. But um, I like the I like the Chargers defense this week. Uh, I think I like Indy m- most at 2,900. I just, it's not that much of a jump up. I think that they're cheap enough that I think Indy's the defense that really kind of possesses that big upside to me. Yeah, I, I, I like that read. Anybody else that uh, you want to discuss on this uh, kind of interesting slate? No, I think we got it. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS Friday afternoon version. I guess it will be today. It was a little bit later than normal. Uh, my fault there. I had to I had to jump back a couple hours. So I appreciate Andrew for uh, making uh, some flexibility there. Again, if you could please rate or view the podcast, that would be fantastic. We would really greatly appreciate that. Thank you to Yahoo Fantasy Sports for their sponsorship of the podcast all year. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jenstead. Hope everybody has a great week eight. We'll be at you, back at you next week. Take care.